Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you. And their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now edit, also known as the Nine edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained. Because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. Your body is unique. So why would you settle for a weight loss plan that's one size fits all? Noom is the weight management program that takes into account your biology to build a custom plan just for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. We met in middle school and we were both in band together. And so we met technically then. Um, I don't remember you in middle school. No. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, when do you when do you first remember him? Uh, it was high school. So we were both in jazz band together. Uh, he played the bass and I played saxophone. Courtney and Brian LaPlante grew up in Englewood, Florida. And we did a musical, uh, which was Grease, for our high school musical. And he sat right behind me. And uh, that's kind of where I, I guess everything got started. Do you remember anything about Courtney from middle school, Brian? Um, Be nice. You know, <laughs> she had a mullet. Um, <laughs> but I do remember. No, I mean, she... She was more into sports and doing that kind of stuff. Our our friend circles didn't quite align. It wasn't until high school that, that we kind of aligned and were active in similar act- activities and things like that, like a band primarily. Um, I was playing football at the time and doing jazz band mostly, uh, but then I ended up stopping football too. Join the band. Join band and my high school football with. player boyfriend quit playing football <laughs> and joined the band. <laughs> Courtney, what what did what did you think about Brian when you when you first met him in that? This one's gonna hurt. Practice. So I love you with all of my heart. I love you with all of my heart. Mm-hmm. But okay, so Brian has uh, a habit of talking. He's very verbose, um, which is one of the things that I love about him. But When we were in the pit for the musical, he sat behind me and he just would not stop talking to me um, over and over and over and over again. I might have had to have begged the band director to make sure that the saxophone section was in front of the string section. (laughs) But he was very sweet. Uh, He kept trying to flirt with me um, and just continuously talked to me. In between any break we had, he was asking me questions. He wouldn't leave me alone. It was something after something after something. And uh, he eventually wore me down, is how I would describe it. (laughs) Boy, that's romantic. (laughs) Brian asked Courtney to go to the Valentine's Day dance with him. But she was a grade older, 
in the same grade as Brian's older brother, Matt. So I did what every good sophomore in high school would do, and I wrote a very powerful, moving note, (laughs) complete with checkboxes, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And you said, don't think of me as Matt's little brother. I did. I still have that note. It's one of my prized possessions. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. So Courtney accepted the opportunity to be my date at the Valentine's Day dance (laughs) just in enough time to then cancel and say, no, I can't go. But yet she was still on the planning committee. So when I got to the dance, she was there and then she left. Courtney says she kind of got cold feet. But a little while later, Brian tried again. He asked Courtney to go to a movie with him. She agreed And this time, she didn't cancel. Obviously, he couldn't drive, so he asked his brother. It was a double date with his brother and his brother's girlfriend at the time in a blue Previa, Toyota Previa minivan. So we were in style, headed to the movie theaters. Yes. And did we eat before or after? I don't remember, but I know we went to Steak and Shake. And the drive-through at Steak and Shake, nonetheless. It was fancy. Nothing but the best. That was their first date. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) It was fine. He was very, very nervous. Um, I could tell he was very nervous. So we sat not with his brother and his brother's date. So we sat by ourselves. And then I think... When you dropped me off, I don't think there was no hug, no kiss, no nothing. It was, see you later, bye. Yep. (laughs) That was it. I survived the date. That was (laughs) impressive. I didn't pass out. I didn't shoot milk out of my nose. After that, they kept talking in band practice. And Courtney says he started to win her over. Eventually, she was the one who asked Brian to go with her to prom. You did ask me to prom, right? Yeah, Yeah, I had to because you weren't allowed to go to prom. That's true. She's the reason I didn't get my driver's license until I was almost 17. Why? Because she was just driving you around? She drove me around in her truck at air conditioning and mine didn't. This was in the late 90s. Brian says that Courtney wore cargo pants, Doc Martin sandals, and clothes from The Gap. Do you want me to describe you, or you you describe you? Me? No, I let you go for it. Okay. So Brian tried to pull off the skater boy, I will call it, look. It was the long corduroy shorts, complete with a uh, chain wallet belt thing. Wallet chain. Wallet chain, yeah. Um, Vans, shoes, or some sort of skater-type tennis shoe. Uh, He wore the long-sleeve T-shirt covered with a short-sleeve T-shirt. All the time. All the time. Did not matter. Hot, cold, that's what he wore. Um, He had short hair, but the front of it, um, he would flip up. So he combed it forward, and then the very front, like where his bangs are, would stick straight up or straight out. By the time they started dating, Courtney was starting to think about college. I had wanted to go to UF since I knew anything about college. 
I have a picture from, I think it's kindergarten, of me in like a denim overall outfit with a little gator patch that I stuck on the overalls right before the picture was taken. So I had always grown up to be everything gator. Um, so there was no other option for me. Courtney got in. The University of Florida is in Gainesville, about three hours away from Englewood. I think we tried to avoid the conversation as much as possible. I was going to say, we didn't have that. No, we didn't talk about it. Um, I don't know. I kind of figured it would do, like, it would just either do what it was going to do. Either Courtney would still come and hang out with me or she wouldn't. On Courtney's last weekend at home, Brian helped her pack. She remembers they both cried a little. Once Courtney got to college, they talked on the phone every night for hours. Which Were got us both in pre- trouble. prepaid phone cards at that mm-hmm. point? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a lot of prepaid phone cards. Because mm-hmm. it was long distance. and Even it, on cell phones. Even like, on cell phones, it cost money. Uh, so we would constantly re-up our prepaid phone cards, yeah. call long distance, yeah. and talk for hours. And in the dorms, it kind of caused a problem because if you were on the phone, you couldn't be on what internet we had in the room. It would kick you off. So we had to kind of work out a, a situation where, you know, we could still use the internet when we needed to. True. Or be on the phone. So I, you know, being in high school and being so involved with band, I, you know, wanted to do something similar at UF, but I didn't continue with band um, just because it, it, I had closed that chapter of my life. But I wanted to do something that I could remember and kind of leave my mark, so to say, with the university. And I could I didn't really know what that was. And I was sitting in, I forget which class it was, but reading The Alligator. And there was this little tiny ad in the paper about, um, hey, we're looking for new mascots. And I was like, why not? Well, wait, wait a second. If someone showed me the ad for the mascot, I would say not for $1,000 would I ever <laughs> even try. There's nothing about me that could do this job. What what was it that you thought, okay, I I think I I think I could do this? It just looked fun. It looked like there was something that I could do where people didn't know it was me and I could have fun. I could go to the sporting events that I like to go to. I could cheer for the team, kind of get a little inside picture. But it just looked, the biggest part of me was that it looked fun. You know, I grew up in a place where college sports, it wasn't really a big deal. When I grew up in Chicago, we had all these professional sports teams. and college sports, it just, it just wasn't a big deal. But That isn't the case in a lot of parts of this country, and certainly in Florida. Can you kind of talk to me about what a big deal college sports is there? The Gainesville town, we live and breathe based on what happens with the university sports teams. Uh, Gainesville, without the college students, it's probably half of the population 
Uh, so on Christmas break and spring break in the summer, it's, it's a nice, quiet, sleepy little town. But once all the students come back, everything's rip-roaring. Uh, Saturdays, we have planned our children's birthday parties around games. If you're Gator fans, you don't get married on these certain dates because you know there's a football game. Yeah, I like to... to it, it often feels like we're living in a, like an ESPN commercial because... You know, it's not strange to drive down the street and see people completely decked out in gator stuff at any time of the day, any time of year. The University of Florida is one of a handful of schools in the country that's won national championships in football, men's basketball, and baseball. They've been known as the Gators since the early 1900s. But it wasn't until 1957 that they had their first real mascot, a real live alligator named Albert. It didn't go very well. Once, Albert was kidnapped and taken to Tallahassee, the home of one of UF's big rivals, Florida State. Another time, FSU students snuck onto UF's campus and painted Albert their school color, dark red. The rivalry between UF and FSU has been called, quote, probably the nastiest college football rivalry there is. Albert was shot and killed in 1965 by a former UF student who dropped out because of bad grades. Eventually, the university decided to stop having a live mascot, and they released the replacement Albert into the lake on campus. At one point, they tried having a robotic alligator. In the 60s, the first costumed mascots started popping up across the country. Mr. Met at the New York Mets and Brutus the Buckeye at Ohio State University. The first Brutus costume was a large round ball made out of paper mache. There were no armholes. It only lasted two weeks before they had to replace it with a fiberglass version. And then, in 1970, the University of Florida unveiled their own costumed mascot, a large vinyl alligator, also named Albert. And then uh, Alberta came around with Title IX, I think in the 80s? Yep. Uh, So she she showed up later, and she was hatched out of an egg (laughs) at the Jacksonville game. Albert and Alberta have been called the, quote, first couple of Florida sports— Every year, a small number of students join the mascot team and take turns appearing as Albert and Alberta at games. Courtney wanted to give it a shot. For her audition, she had to make up and perform a small skit. She decided to make it about another UF rival, the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So I had actually a stuffed bulldog that Brian had given me for Valentine's Day that I had with me. Uh, and I turned it into kind of a, um, a bulldog mascot sort of stuffed animal. And I proceeded to pound on it a little bit. And then I got up and kind of brushed myself off and did the prissy little straighten my skirt and, you know, smoothed the skin, and then I walked off in the sassy way that I envisioned Alberta uh, acted. Courtney remembers a few days after the tryouts, a list of students who made it was posted outside the basketball arena, and her name was on the list. We'll be right back. 
Support for This Is Love comes from Indeed. Hiring someone new can sometimes feel like finding a missing puzzle piece. The right person can complete a team, but the search can take a long time. And sometimes it feels entirely up to chance. Indeed is designed to help you find that perfect match much easier and much faster. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences for job candidates and becomes more accurate over time. That means the more you use it, the better it gets. You also don't need to worry about the busy work of hiring. Indeed will help you with scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash thisislove. Just go to Indeed.com slash thisislove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash thisislove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall on the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you. And their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now edit, also known as the Nine Edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained. Because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. In 2001, Courtney LaPlante was chosen to be Alberta, one of the mascots at the University of Florida. I mean, Brian, there's a lot of ways to be proud of the woman you love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think when you heard? I mean, I don't... I, 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 to be honest, I thought the, one of the coolest things, I was like, ooh, does this come with tickets? Like, <laughs> can we... And, and it did. Um, but, you know, I think it was just so cool. It was awesome. It was definitely a proud moment. And it was outside of her box. It was like outside of what she does. So that was kind of cool. Courtney started training. She practiced cheers and skits, practiced how to deal with rowdy fans, and spent a lot of time practicing walking. Alberta is, when I wore it, was a full, um, think shag carpet, that kind of furry material. And it was um, long sleeves, long pants, uh, a hula hoop to make her a little more stout, uh, a tail that went, it was heavy, and then a nose, like the snout, the head was separate, so it was a separate part. The hands were separate, and the feet were separate. They were like big bedroom slippers. Um, Brian's laughing at me because Alberta is female, so there are some female um, parts on the costume as well to make sure she looks female. Uh, what would those what would those be? She's got alligator boobies. <laughs> she, what? Really? Courtney, do you remember the first time you put on the suit, your first game? The first time from what I can remember, it was just like this is really cool. Also, this is really hot. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it, it was trying to figure out, you know, what am I supposed to do if I feel like I'm going to faint or, you know, if this is really hot, am I allowed to stand over here? 
can I stand over here? Am I in the way? What am I supposed to do? So there were a lot of questions, um, but it was really fun. I'm like, this is really cool. I can do all these things and people don't know it's me. And then I kind of have to be a secret when I leave other than carrying this giant big blue bag everywhere. Like what's in the bag? I don't know. It must have been rather freeing to know that you could be as kind of ridiculous as you wanted and no one would know. It was. It was. And I think that was part of the the glamour of doing all of that is, you know, like I could be a little crazy and well, I'm a little crazy now anyway without the costume, but uh, I could be a little crazy back then. And people, you know, it was what could I do to make the people laugh? What could I do to make the people smile? And then what could I do to have fun with the kids? Now, how hot is that suit? It's very hot. Um, (laughs) So we usually say it's about 40 degrees hotter than the outside temperature. Um, And you have to be very careful, especially in the Florida heat, uh, to not get overheated or get heat stroke or anything like that. Um, And it can happen very, very quickly. I do remember one Tennessee football game. It was a 3.30 game, 3.30 kickoff. And it was hot because it was in September And we had done uh, part of the appearance up in the skyboxes. And I just remember having to, I was like, I'm getting chills. I do not feel well. So I remember ducking into somebody's box and I'm like, I need to go into the bathroom. And they just looked at me like, what is going on? (laughs) So I remember sitting in their bathroom, just trying to take all the stuff off to cool down so I could go back out. But uh, heat is a real problem in Florida, and it's a real problem when you're covered in, like, 60 pounds of fur. So it it (laughs) got hot. If Brian was in town visiting, he'd go to the games with Courtney and try to be helpful. Picking up and carrying bags and, you know, make sure nobody was getting having any issues and making sure everybody had water. After Brian graduated from high school, he went to the University of North Florida— but eventually transferred to UF to be with Courtney. And it was time for the next round of tryouts the next uh, the next year. And, you know, the, the folks on the team kept saying, hey, listen, why don't you do it? You're here anyways. You're coming to all the appearances. You should do it. I mean, I'm not going to say I got to put the suit on before <laughs> everybody else got to put the suit on. But I, but I knew what how Albert walked. I knew his mannerisms. I knew the cheers. I knew what the basics should be. So Brian auditioned and was picked to be an Albert. Best tag-along story ever. <laughs> <laughs> what is the relationship Ooh. between Albert and Alberta? So it depends on who you ask. Um, I think the university says they're friends. They're friends. They're not siblings. They're not. They're not siblings. Don't think so. And then depending on who's in the costume, I think they can, you know, make it however they want to make it. But um, I think officially they are friends. Mm -hmm. So when you two were both appearing together, were Albert and Alberta a little more than friends? Definitely very flirty. Uh, I tended to be more flirty as Alberta. Uh, that was kind of part of my character of her. I mean, we all try to do things very similar, but I tended to be a little bit more flirty, and it helped that Brian was Albert. We did a lot of appearances together. I think we had great chemistry, you know, both on and off the field, as they say. Brian had watched Courtney be a mascot for a while, but there was still a learning curve. 
there was a lot of running into kids. I mean, your vision is is pretty limited at times. It it just kind of depended. And so kids happen to be, at least for Albert, kids are often under your line of vision. So you kind of learn to walk in a slower way where you're not going to bounce kids very far off of you if you hit them. Sidewalks, steps Ooh. are always a problem. I ran over a parking, no, a curb at the baseball game yeah. when I was running away from Cub Scouts. Yes. It, w- it was scout day at the baseball stadium, and I was doing the game, and they were unsupervised, and they started coming after me and running after me, and I was trying to get away from them because it was more than I could handle, and I hit the curb, and I went full, like, face plant on the ground, on the concrete. And then they finally left me alone. Brian learned that if someone tried to hand him something, he had to try to accept it without being able to see what it was. There's nothing worse than, like, having somebody hand you something and dropping it because you just can't see what they're handing you. And then the next person hands you a baby. And you're like, you just handed me a baby. You watched me drop a pizza and you're going to hand me a baby. Like that, that was the stressful part. They both said that kids were sometimes scared to see them. You have to be really big and make your movements really big. But when you have a kid that's a little timid, you make yourself very small. So the first thing that we would do is crouch down on the ground um, to kind of put them at eye level with us and let them come to you. Because it's a really scary to have this giant furry thing come after you if you're not ready for it. So we would, you know, just kind of stay still and let the kid walk over to us and then let them kind of lead the interaction. So if they wanted a hug, we would hug them as long as they wanted to. And then, you know, they always like to feel, especially with Albert, they like to feel the teeth or the nose. So, And we would sometimes take their hands and like rub our noses or let them feel our hands or our feet or whatever. So, But when they're really excited, you know, we get really excited too. So we'll run and jump with them or do high fives. Um, Albert likes to put kids' heads in their mouth. In his yeah, mouth. he likes to try to bite their heads off. Um, Especially so Albert's jaw has a hinge in it. So <laughs> you could spread it wide enough to get a kid's head in there and then let it go. And it it's not real hard. It's not like a, a scary like snap. Um, but the ones that are active and playful, um, you can kind of snap. You could snap their heads in, in Albert's mouth a little bit. That was fun. What did you do when you when you would go to have a big football game and you'd get out after the game? I mean, were you just disgusting? Yes. Were you just like, I... <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> disgusting is an understatement. I mean, you like Courtney said, at one point, there were five, at least on the guy's side, there were five of us and three suits. And during a, a game day, two of the suits you knew were going to be used for the game. One of them was going to be somewhere in town. Chances are you're getting a suit from somebody that you didn't wear that morning, and therefore it is wet. But it's not your sweat in that suit. It is somebody else's. And so... <laughs> It's gross. It's your sweat and other people's sweat. And, and you put the head on and it just drips down your face. You're what? like, <laughs> it's so nasty. It's so gross. And I mean, that, you, sounds like the, that sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, it's amazing. You become really close with your teammates. So 
Love you guys. But some of y'all smelled. <laughs> we'll see. We all smelled. We all smelled. We all smelled. <laughs> and you knew who had the suit before you by what exactly it smelled like. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. And we all smelled like Febreze for years. Oh. We could have been sponsored. I still can't smell Febreze because that's what we use. Because, you know, the suits are <laughs> disgusting. We we can't wash them after every appearance or else they fall apart. So you do your best to dry it out. And then you spray it down with Febreze to try to get some of the smell out. But it's oh, got deodorant. It's it is gross. so gross. It is disgusting. I, I can't think of a worse place <laughs> to have to wear like a shag carpet suit than Gainesville, Florida. Oh, I don't know if there's a worse place in it the is, United States. It is swampy. That's why they call it the swamp. <laughs> it is swampy. It fits. We'll be right back. Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. It's a weight management program that uses psychology and biology to help you develop healthy, sustainable habits. Noom believes that weight loss starts with the brain, and their daily lessons are tailored to help users understand the science behind food cravings and eating choices. Whether you want to lose weight, increase physical activity, meet a health goal, or simply change the way you think about food, Noom can help you build healthy habits while still enjoying your favorite foods. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. How do you communicate um, when you're not allowed to speak? So gestures, very big gestures, because everything's big in mascot land. Everything's big. Um, and so a lot of big gestures to kind of show it's it's kind of like charades it's like living charade life um and you can kind of help people understand what you're trying to do by acting things out and then for between us uh we held hands a lot 
So if we needed to go somewhere, we would do a couple quick squeezes in, in our hands. Like, hey, let's, a couple of squeezes was like, hey, let's go. Or I would just literally pull him around. <laughs> I'm like, we need to go this way. So I would grab him and pull him over or grab his tail and pull him that way. So I'm we need to go that way. Directions. Yeah, he is very That's... good. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. That's how I've made it this long. And then when it's really loud, especially on the football field, um, if you see them hugging a lot or hugging somebody, they're usually talking to whoever they're hugging. So we would do that a lot. If we needed to tell them something specific that we couldn't exactly act out, we would do like a big hug and sway back and forth and then tell him what I need to do. It's like, hey, I need to go get some water right now or I'm going to fall over. For their last game, they appeared together as Albert and Alberta at UF's spring football game. UF had just hired a new head coach. And I... Remember being very sad yeah. for most of that. Like it was just such a final feeling. It's funny. It was such a. There was so much hope around the team and around the new coach that they had hired, and so there was like this weird, super positive feel. But I just couldn't shake just the sadness of it being the last game. It was you know? solemn. Yeah, so weird. It's like having to let it go. I wasn't ready to let it go. It took us a very long time to get off that field that day. Yeah. But we walked off together. We did. I could have kept going. You could have kept going. I could still do it right now. I I mean... (laughs) No, you would die. Well, (laughs) yeah, nobody wants to see an old guy do it. But, oh, my gosh, it it was... um, God, it was so much fun. You got to do it an extra year that I did because yeah. Courtney started a year before me. And, and so I still have a year of eligibility. So, you know, <laughs> some point when I go back to Get write my PhD. dissertation, I should, I should take up my last year of eligibility. <laughs> In 2006, Brian proposed to Courtney. He decided he'd take her to the football stadium to do it. And um, we, Brian had arranged for, you know, there to be a letterman's blanket on the 50. Candles. Candles, but it was very, very windy. Super windy that <laughs> it night. It was very windy, so None all of- the candles were out. And then he walked me out there, and I remember, so the stadium's always open. Um, or It was at It that was at, the, at that time. The stadium was open, so runners could run the stairs and, and do laps around the stadium. So there was always people in there, and... I remember, like, cheering when they saw and figured out what was kind of happening. Um, but we got to the stadium. He goes down to the 50, takes me out there, and then gets down on one knee. I don't remember anything you said. I don't remember anything I said, so that makes two of us. Courtney said yes. When they got married, their friend made them a cake that looked just like the UF football stadium. And at the 50-yard line, she put the, the cake topper, which was a little... Albert and Alberta, Clay, bride and groom. It was pretty awesome. It definitely led us to be better partners in terms of looking out for each other and making sure that, you know, each other's taken care of. And hydrating. And hydrating. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, just, just making sure that each other is okay. If you can survive dehydration and heat stroke together, I think you're pretty good. <laughs> Agreed. We asked them if their time as mascots made them very good at charades. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. Horrible. <laughs> but see, that's 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 the fun part about it. Um, Albert, some or Albert and Alberta are both really good at charades, mm-hmm. but we are horrible. We are not. No, it's something about I don't. It's not a transformation. Maybe it's just that you feel like you're not being watched when you're trying to do something. You know, like the whole the whole thing, like dance, like nobody's watching. It feels like you're hidden and it's not you anymore. So you can really be the giant goofball that you've always wanted to be and not be embarrassed about it. I have never done the cha-cha slide outside of the suit, but I have done it a (laughs) billion times inside the suit. They still love dressing up. We have so many costumes. Listen, like, (laughs) the dress-up thing is real. We have so many, like, bins full of costumes. How many costumes did you wear last Halloween? Uh, Four. Yes, and you work from home. Courtney and Brian have a 12-year-old son and a 9-year-old daughter. You drop the kids off in one costume and then change into a different one. Yeah, yeah. I love a good dress-up scenario. (laughs) If we can dress up, we do. This is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Katie Bishop is our supervising producer. Our producers are Susanna Robertson, Jackie Sajiko, Lily Clark, Lena Sillison, and Megan Kinane. Our show is mixed and engineered by Veronica Simonetti. Learn more about the show on our website, thisislovepodcast.com. And sign up for our newsletter at thisislovepodcast.com slash newsletter. You can listen to This Is Love without any ads by signing up for Criminal Plus. You'll also get to listen ad-free to our other shows, Criminal and Phoebe Reads a Mystery. Plus, you'll get bonus episodes and more. To learn more, go to thisiscriminal.com slash plus. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at This Is Love Show. This Is Love is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Discover more great shows at podcast.voxmedia.com. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you, and their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now Edit, also known as the Nine Edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. Podcast.